expectations are usually what stop people from doing things, whether it's like societal expectations of like what you should be doing or how you should be, or like parental expectations for, again, like the way you should be acting or like the career path you should be taking. Um, But I think what you have to realize is like a lot of that is very internal as much as it can feel like it's consuming your life and stopping you from really doing things. Um, And that's huge because oftentimes I think a lot of the barriers, restrictions that you have are in your own head, right? And at the end of the day, if you just realize that, I think it's so much easier for you to think with a clear head and realize like you can actually do whatever you want and nobody can really stop you other than yourself. Welcome to Gladiatrix. I am woman and hear me roar. I'm your host, Malini Sarman. Every week, I will be speaking with women from all over the world who will be sharing their journeys, their stories about overcoming their fears and achieving great things that they thought they never could. So if you don't want to miss a story, make sure you subscribe. Thank you, thank you, thank you to the amazing, beautiful, badass women who have been guests on this show. I had a mission to travel to every country in the world, but since that didn't work out, my new mission is to speak to at least one woman from every country in the world. There are 193 countries, and I still have at least 180 to go. So, If you know of somebody who has an amazing story to tell, let me know. I'm all ears. Today, we're speaking with Alishba Imran. Alishba is a high school senior who's passionate about innovation and building products. Born in Pakistan and raised in Canada, Alishba uses artificial intelligence and blockchain in order to solve complex world problems. In this episode, Alishba talks about her project where she used blockchain to track medications in developing countries, using community to help her grow and meet like-minded people, and how expectations can stop people from doing things. This is her story. Hi, Alishba. Thank you so much for joining the show. I'm really excited for you to be here because I think you are one of my youngest guests. So thank you for being on the show. (laughs) Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat today. Oh, you're very welcome. So you were um, born in Pakistan, but you moved to Canada when you were very young and you're um, along with your parents. So tell me a little bit, uh, what was your experience growing up in Canada? Yeah, for sure. I think... Uh, you know, definitely, like I, like you said, I moved here when I was very young. And so a lot of what I've grown up with, like culturally has been just like what, you know, we'd consider like the Western world today. And, and so a lot of those norms, I think, from a young age, like that is really all I can remember. And that's like what I've grown up with. But also, like you said, my parents are, you know, immigrants, and they're, they're from Pakistan. So that that culture was always also something that was ingrained like within my household and part of my family ever since I was growing up. And so um, I think that was always really interesting having that balance of, of identity and a lot of my friends that I know of like are immigrants as well. And so it's, it's something that a lot of us have to face. I think just balancing like two different, like almost cultural aspects of your life. Um, And, you know, especially because like 
the field that I want to pursue. I think it's definitely like, I want to live an interesting life. And that's my goal isn't necessarily to, to do what we would consider, you know, just going to university or getting a job. But for me, it's doing something different um, and really doing something that I find meaningful. And that might be different than what, you know, the usual path is for most people. And so I think definitely growing up, that was like something that was difficult, especially now that, you know, I've started to do things that are different and having to always like convince my parents, you know, if I want to go to a conference one day or if I don't want to go to school and I just want to like work on a project and stuff like that. It was definitely very like for them, it was like a completely new experience because they've never had that with like any of my siblings. But, um, you know, I think just growing up, there was always for my parents, I think one thing that was really good was we just always got really good exposure to everything in the world. Um, you know, when I used to visit back home or go to even just like, I, I got to go on a field trip once to um, India and visit a lot of rural towns there, I got exposure to a lot of different problems from a very young age. Um, you know, whether that's like not having access to finances, like energy problems in the world, um, not having proper infrastructure set up in a lot of these like rural areas, I always had a lot of exposure. And so I think that was something that my parents did really well was like, I was never really shielded from the world or I was never part of this like Western bubble that I think a lot of people, you know, live in if they don't have exposure to developing countries or these other issues. Um, and so I'd say that's like what really got me interested in like living a different life. Cause I was always really interested in learning about the world and learning about problems in the world. Um, so yeah, that's just, that's just, you know, a little bit about what that was like for me. Um, but it's definitely been interesting balancing you know, what my hopes and aspirations are, but also understanding that my parents might have a more like traditional mindset or more conventional mindset that I also have to understand um, and like think about when I'm telling them about things or like convincing them to let me do something. So um, are you, are you the oldest um, or you have younger siblings or are you like the youngest and you have older siblings? I'm the middle child. So I have yeah, I have an older sister and then I have who she's in university right now, but I have a younger brother who's still in high school. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so you kind of, you can get a little help from your sister, right? If you need to get things done because she's, you, they've already gone through something. So um, your parents, uh, whenever you have to convince your parents, do you get your siblings to kind of help you out to get kind of get argument uh, or, you know, to get the, them to agree to things? Oh yeah, for sure. I think being the middle child is like very beneficial um, (laughs) just because you like, it's like, you don't, you have someone who's older, who's gone through a lot of things that you can also learn from. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you're kind of also able to like help your younger siblings. And so being in the middle, I feel like I I learn from other people, but I'm also still learning and and growing myself. um, And I'm able to like help other people through that. That's awesome. Um, So I met you by the, um, you know, during the uh, build weekend uh, for, uh, at, on, the, on the OnDeck program, but how did you get involved with OnDeck? Yeah, I've, um, I knew like one of the, one of the people who ran the program um, and he's like, he's a great guy. He's been just like a great mentor. Um, and we were just having a call one day and I, like, just, just updating him on some of the work that I'm doing. Um, and he, you know, just mentioned that like the on deck, I'm doing the founder fellowship. So he, he was talking about that and he mentioned that, you know, he thinks it would be a good fit for me to just be a part of the program and learn from like other founders that are working on starting companies 
and just be a part of that community. Um, and that's, you know, ever since it's been really great experience, I think the fellowship has definitely exposed me to a lot of different people from a lot of different kind of industries working on like various different products from like B2B, B2C, like customer, um, like FinTech all the way to like healthcare and deep tech. So it's very different, I think, getting that broad exposure, but it's been great in terms of my own learning growth. And um, so that, you know, he recommended the program. And so I ended up applying and, and now I'm doing the, the eighth cohort for the fellowship. That's awesome. So as part of the Build Weekend, you actually built a, a product that would help um, women to get funding. So how, what was the concept behind it? How did you guys in your team, how did you come up with that? Was it your idea or was it somebody else or was it a team effort? Yeah, it was. So there was, um, there's, there was about four of us on the team, um, four or five of us. And so one of the, um, one of the, one of the other women on the team, she was really interested in like female funding and just VC funding in general. And, you know, there's like a huge stat, um, which always seems to shock me, but it's like, there's all of the, out of all the VC funding today, I think 2.2% of that actually goes towards female founders. And it's not like, it's not really necessarily a gender thing always. It's not like people are, you know, defining it as I'm not going to fund anyone who is a female, but I think it's more of, you know, first of all, there's the issue of just like females aren't as likely to even start a company or start a venture. That's like a, a whole other problem. But um, even when they do, I think it's just harder to connect with those VCs and really find them. And when you are raising capital or, or, or going through that phase, it's very difficult. And so I haven't ever gone through VC funding. So I actually haven't ever experienced that myself firsthand, but she has, and she started her own companies. And so she was telling me about this problem. And after, you know, myself speaking to a lot of other females just on in the on deck program, as well as just in my own network, I realized like, yeah, this is a common thing where females find it really difficult to connect with the correct, like VC, uh, VCs, or, or even just like technical advisors who can help you build a company and, and give you advice on that. And so it's very siloed because there are a lot of VCs that want to fund female entrepreneurs, but there's no way for them to connect. And so that's like really where the idea came from was there's definitely, you know, incentive on both sides to connect, but there isn't necessarily like a really safe platform for both of them to do that. And, and not really like a community where you can access that. And so that was just how it, it started. And initially we were looking at just like equity crowdfunding, which is like a method of funding that not a lot of people are familiar with, but it's a great way to also fund, you know, your initiatives. Um, but then they kind of spiraled into more of a general, just like, let's get, you know, let's support female founders and get them on the platform where they can put updates on their projects and then VCs can follow their updates and connect with them whenever they want. So after you, um, after you, cause I know you guys, you guys made it to the finals. Um, did you not? Uh, yes, we, we, well, so we, we presented our work, but yeah, we, we made it, we didn't make it past the finals, but yeah. So um, you guys are still continuing to build on that, right? Yeah. I mean, right now we've gotten about, I'd say a hundred, uh, like around a hundred beta users. So there's definitely been a lot of really great response from people wanting to use the platform. And so um, right now, we're not too sure if we want to scale that up further, but we are definitely going to work with like the people that are interested or, or want to use the platform and, and help them out. Um, and then we'll think, you know, more about 
if this is something we want to continue with or build on, but there's definitely other teammates that are interested in doing that. So I'm sure, you know, some of them will continue with that. That's awesome. So now you're still in high school, right? Um, uh, yes. You are, are you going to be graduating soon in a couple of years or are you already an, in a senior in high school right now? Yeah, I'm a senior. So I'm in just the last year of high school. So you have a, you have a lot of projects that, you know, that that you've been busy with and you've been working on. So can you talk a little bit about some of those projects that you worked on in the past? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, So previously I have been really interested in the blockchain space. And so a lot of the projects I did was within that space, specifically within healthcare and, and fintechs. I think there's a lot of really good applications in those industries for more like enterprise blockchain, not just like crypto, which there's definitely a lot of hype with crypto and, and even NFTs right now. I'm sure you've, you've heard that, but um, my work was more focused on enterprise. So I worked on developing a blockchain platform that would allow people to actually track their medication in developing countries. Um, and that's a huge issue where nearly like 40 to 50% of medication in developing countries can actually be counterfeit. Um, and the root cause for that is there's no way to track where those products are coming from, who's sourcing them, who's like, where are they being distributed to and, and whatnot. And so through blockchain um, and using a ledger, we can actually naturally track where that product is being sourced from um, to help catch if there's any sort of like second wholesaler coming into the supply chain um, or repackaging happening. And so that platform that I worked on it, it eventually got integrated into some work that IBM blockchain is now doing. And so they're working on kind of taking that further in all of the, they, they have a lot of applications all over supply chains, but um, I, through that experience, I also got to work with TD bank and CIBC on applying different decentralized frameworks for digital identity. So they had all of this like client data. How do we actually leverage that and, and secure that on a, uh, on a more secure platform. So using using blockchain and then allowing them to actually connect with third parties to use that financial information for different services. So um, yeah, I mean, I can't talk too much about that one, but I got to kind of build the, 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 the MVP for that one that they're now working on integrating into um, Verified Me, which is what their, what their app is called. Um, and yeah, so, you know, done a lot of work in that space, a few other projects as well, but now I'm transitioning more into machine learning. Um, and that's where a lot of my research and work has been focused. So specifically looking at um, machine learning at the intersection of robotics and hardware. And I'm really interested in how do we just develop like smarter, more intelligent machines. And part of that, I've been working with Hanson Robotics on their on their robot called Sophia the Robot. Um, I'm sure you people might have kind of seen her or heard of her. She's the like infamous robot that people think of when they're thinking about like robots taking over their job. <laughs> um, so I actually worked on some some research with them to help develop new AI techniques for her manipulation. Um, and I've also applied that similarly to prosthetics. So prosthetics with Hanson Robotics actually develop a cheaper prosthetic arm using AI and 3D printing. Um, so that's just a little bit of, of my research and, um, you know, I'm definitely <laughs> interested in technologies, but I really view them as more of like toolkits that we can use to solve a lot of different problems. And so for me, it's always been about what's the problem that exists today and how do I use my skills to help solve that? 
That's awesome. You have been very busy, um, but you also have, you know, you, you know I, I remember you saying that your dad is in banking. Who, have, who has been your biggest supporters and mentors as you've been working on all these uh, different technologies, you know, whether it's blockchain or it is, you know, on uh, robotics and AI, who have been your biggest uh, supporters? Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of people, I think um, that's I've spent a lot of time just like connecting with different people. And I think that is like really huge when you're trying to work on something or learn about, you know, a new industry where you might not necessarily be like a professional yet. And um, so I've, I've always spent time really seeking out those communities where I can grow and like meet like minded people. Um, so definitely like parents, for sure. I think they've been really supportive. Like you said, my dad is in banking, so he's um, you know, although I wouldn't say I'm, I want to go into banking, he's just been definitely interested in, in more of like the fintech side and provides me with a lot of good ideas. Just being in the in the actual industry, there's so many opportunities in banking, and it's such an old industry where I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of innovation that can happen. And so I'm always learning from him, um, but also just like great you know prof- like people that I've met that are you know in top of their field like. I had the chance to be mentored by Vitalik, who is one of the pioneers within within blockchain. Um, and I met him like a couple of times at, at different conferences. And so he's been a great mentor that I try to, you know, speak to sometimes he's really busy, but, um, you know, getting advice from him on just like what are different areas to be looking at um, and what are different things to be learning um, about in the space, um, as well as like Vince Cerf, who he's great. He he's working with Google right now, but he's also one of the pioneers of like the World Wide web and creating a lot of the protocols that we use today. And he's been, he has like great ideas on so many different industries from like climate change, energy, um, all the way to like just AI and blockchain. And so I'm always learning from him as well, but, um, you know, those are just a few names, but there's a lot of really awesome people, even within like on deck, I've met great people like Nate, um, and like Barry, he's, he's, he's awesome as well. And so I think the program has been really great as well for that. So I, I know I heard you mention earlier when you were talking about, you know, parents and trying to convince them that, you know, I wanted to work on a project versus going to school. So what, ha- what are, what are your plans for you next? Are you, you know, are you planning to go to college or are you like, you got enough work to do that you could probably learn without going to college and you could just do, um, you know, projects that you could work with AI and stuff. So what, what have you planned? So right now I've applied to universities. Like I am still, I'm kind of in the, right now is a process of finding out, um, about those like admission decisions. So I'm still waiting on a lot of the, the universities, but, um, yeah, like as if right now, I think the plan is to go to university. I think I've thought a lot about this, but I think the value, there is definitely value in university. And I think we aren't necessarily at the point where I think, um, you know, university can be replaceable. I think there's a lot of ways you can get the knowledge aspect of university. Like a lot of the stuff I've been learning has just been independently. And I think if you have the motivation and you are able to have the discipline, you can actually learn a lot of the, the content on your own. But I think University itself is really valuable for like research. If you're if you want to actually get access to the resources, the professors, like the laboratory, the space, the equipment, um, or you know, a lot of universities will also have really great alumni networks or really great like startup incubator 
resources where you can like spin off your own startups and companies, which is like one of my goals. And so I think definitely there's a lot of value in the community piece that a lot of people don't actually focus on when they're thinking about university. It's usually just like get the degree and leave, but there's so much more. And so right now, I think for those, for those reasons, I would go, um, but I'm still open to it because there's definitely a lot of projects that I want to work on. And um, one of my goals is to start my own company or startup that I kind of scale and take further. And so if I do start working on that, I would also consider like maybe taking a gap here and focusing full time on something. But as of right now, I do think university is the plan, but we will see what happens. Because again, I think there's a lot of uncertainty in life. And so you never really know what's going to happen. But um, that is the that's like what the plan is. Yeah. Go. That sounds like a good plan because you never know, like you said, you never know how things work out. So now as you get ready for college, you know, knowing what you know now, what would you have told your younger self? That's what? a good question. <laughs> but yeah, I think like the biggest thing I that I've been thinking a lot about as well is just like, um, I think just spend time exploring. And it, this sounds like very cliche advice, but I think even when I, even when people say the word explore, they don't actually know the breadth of exploration you can be doing. Um, and I think usually people don't have a huge breadth of exploration. It's just like, they will try things that are like in their immediate environment that might be influenced by like their friends or, you know, their family that that's telling them to do something. They don't actually try things that are like completely out of the realm of possibility for them. Um, and that's something I think that I did like a lot, like I explored a lot, not just like within tech and like bouncing around in fields or different areas I'm interested in, but more so just like in general, like when I was very young, I like did a lot of different sports. I went from like volleyball to like, I tried tennis. I did badminton at one point. Um, and then like, like I, and then I also did a lot of just like artistic exploration. Like I used to do acrylic painting, learned how to play the guitar. Like I was at one point I was doing like singing lessons and I think just doing all of that was really helpful because I realized like more importantly than like what I do like the things that I don't like. Um, and that really helps focus you in, even if it's just like a general pathway, it really helps focus you in. And so just through those different experiences, like literally doing so many different clubs in school, like I did robotics, I did <laughs> like student council and like model United Nations, like all of that, all of that fun stuff. Like I, I tried it all. And I think from that, I learned what I really enjoyed. And so I'd say like, especially when you're young, just try different things. And you don't like, like I said, there's such a breadth of exploration and like take full advantage of that because like now is the time for you to really explore and learn. Yes, you're absolutely right. There's so much to learn, right? Um, and before you actually figure out what you like, and that might even change as you grow older, right? Yeah. So you should be very proud of all that you've achieved at, you know, at a young age, you, you've already figured out that you want to be a founder and you want to start your own company and you want to scale that. And um, so if you had to talk to other girls, especially those who are, you know, marginalized or, you know, don't have a voice, um, women of color, uh, who want to follow their dreams, what would you tell them? Yeah, I think like, I think it's tough because I think there's a lot of, like it, it's expectations. And I think expectations are usually what 
stop people from doing things, whether it's like societal expectations of like what you should be doing or how you should be, or like parental expectations for, again, like the way you should be acting or like the career path you should be taking. Um, But I think what you have to realize is like a lot of that is very internal as much as it can feel like it's consuming your life and stopping you from really doing things. Um, And that's huge because oftentimes I think a lot of the barriers, restrictions that you have are in your own head, right? And at the end of the day, if you just realize that, I think it's so much easier for you to think with a clear head and realize like you can actually do whatever you want and nobody can really stop you other than yourself. Um, and so generally, obviously, you know, that's not necessarily very actionable, but I would say to just reflect on that, like, just think about, you know, what are things you want to do maybe, and like figure out what those things are. And and then, you know, take a step back and be like, Hey, why am I not doing this? Why am I not taking action? What are maybe the things that are stopping me? And either it's like insecurity, um, which oftentimes, again, I think the best way to get over insecurity is literally just to do the thing you're insecure about, because that's the only way you know that you're, you can actually do that thing. And, and you, you, that's how you get over insecurity. And so um, I think action is the best thing you can do. So take action, like don't, don't overthink whatever you want to do. Um, and realize also while you're doing that, that a lot of those restrictions are internal and they don't actually exist. Even your insecurities, those are just like internal things that you've created or constructed based on what you think other people, you know, think of you, um, or whatever it may be. Right. And so just realizing that is the first step. And then from there, you want to be able to just take action, um, and figure out how do you, how do you do that action? Right. And, um, obviously there's a lot of ambiguity when you want to try something and you don't know where to go, but I think that's where people will help you. And, and that has been another great learning for me is when you're young, I think people are very open to helping you and, just even if you just cold email people, like cold emailing has been the best thing that I've ever learned in my life. As much as now it seems like a very simple thing, it can be very daunting. But if you just cold email people and you're like, hey, like, I'm really interested in your work. I want to learn more about this. Or, hey, I want your advice on this. I need feedback on this. People are often very open to helping you if you're just curious. And, and that's your sole intention is just to learn and be curious. And so don't be afraid to reach out to those people that can become mentors and become, you know, people that support you in your journey um, as you start to like take action or figure out how you can take action. Awesome. I think, you know, for if, if nobody knew you would sound like somebody who's been through so much or you're so young and you're, you're, <laughs> you already have so much of a breadth of experience and that's very refreshing. So I know you're going to go far and I wish you the very best of luck. And thank you so much for being on the show. I really do appreciate your taking the time. I know you're a busy young woman. So thank you. No, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you love the show, please leave a review. Just remember, you could be one story away from being inspired.